We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, it could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back once again to Coronations of Bangerangs and Daggers. I am your host, Patrick Gerhardt, and with me, after a brief hiatus, is Nate McHugh. Nate, how was your break from podcast land? You know, it's been a long two weeks. Uh, you know, I had to listen to your interview with Pat, um, the Copcast, and I was like, oh, I wish I was there. You know, I wish I was there to be part of the interview because I think that would have been a lot of fun, but. You know, my friend of mine got married in Vegas, and my wife said I had to go. So Ooh, that's what was we it did. Your, your friend or her friend? Well, it was both of our friends, actually. Uh, I actually grew up with her, uh, and she was a neighbor of mine. Her brother was the best man at my wedding. And uh, I guess the, one of the things I wrote about this past week was that we played basketball at my uh, at my house, and we live in a very, very small town, and people – we have had people come in from outside of town thinking that my basketball hoop is this the town park. So, um, <laughs> You must have a nice there, court. Yeah, well, yeah, we did until a kid shot it out with a BB gun, but that's another story. Anyways, so my <laughs> friends and I, we play basketball all the time, and you know, my friend who got married, she would always come over and want to play, and we'd say, no, sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, Nikki. And, uh, well, she ended up, you know, getting a full ride scholarship to Nebraska to play basketball. And actually, I thought she did pretty well at um, playing in Nebraska. And the rest of us did not. So um, I think she, and she always holds that over our heads saying how we, we didn't think she was good enough. And deservingly yep. so. Yeah. She got uh, her all of her education paid for and to play basketball in Nebraska. And the rest of you are still paying off student loan debts. Yes, and we were talking about that today. But we yes, were, Nate. Yeah, you and I were both talking about. I brought it up, of course, uh, on Slack, but uh, we probably won't go into it too much. But uh, <laughs> the cost of education and the student loan debt—I mean, there are issues out there. But uh, you know, the the answers are a lot more complicated than we would probably need to go into during this podcast. Maybe you and I should do a separate podcast, separate. Let's just say, let's just say, I think we should uh, talk about our new podcast called student loan debt and student loan uh, debt and the, yeah, the uh, SB, SB nation student loan debt podcast. No, that's a joke, but, uh, we, I bet you we um, can get the uh, be... media, um, union behind it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> How many people would want to listen to people, you know, two guys talk about student loans. <laughs> exactly. But... Two guys who technically work in the finance industry, talk about student loans. Oh, sounds so interesting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you had a good time in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, I as I told people here that I felt yeah, it was a fun time, but it's not for me. It's What did uh, you do? Did you gamble your life savings away? No, actually. Uh I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of cheap, so I thought we spent a lot of money on um our room and on the food and on just getting around. Um so we I really didn't gamble, but at the end we had about 20 minutes to kill, and I told my wife, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down at the roulette table. I'm going to take 30 bucks, and I'm just going to 
see what happens and i'll walk away and so i ended up walking away with 150 bucks and then we went and got into an uber and went to the airport so the and the embarrassing part in vegas gamble at the end and walk away on top yeah i told her in the last scene i said put all you know on the top third and i said no matter what happens here we go and i hit it and then i walked away with all the chips and left my wallet on the chair so that was uh (laughs) how long did you go without the wallet oh about 15 feet that's and then that, that's usually you, know, you, you check the keys, you check the cell phone, you check the wallet sometimes, and you get up and then I look back and the uh, you know the guy that was working there goes, uh, "Sir, you know, my God, oh, nice of him." Yeah, he wanted you to come back. He wanted his money back. I know, and I thought oh, I should have tipped him, but I didn't. And, that's okay. Yeah. Question: Last week, you or maybe the week before, you had put up the question, and I think Friday Flakes on where you should go when you go to Las Vegas for dinner. And you had some readers' responses, correct? Oh, yeah. Did whole, you go to any of them? Yes. We went to um, technically two. Uh, one of them was from Husker Mike. He's a, you know one of the football writers for Coronation. One of the founding fathers of Coronation, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, he's one of the like, first two. And he suggested the uh, Burger Bar, um, which happened to be in our hotel, the Man- uh, Mandela Bay and... Uh, it was good. I mean, it's kind of a build your own burger type of place. And my wife got a, uh, like a Capri sandwich burger and she didn't think it was that great, but I just got like a regular, you know, burger with a fried egg and bacon. And, but, uh, one of our readers suggested, uh, oh geez, it's in the cosmopolitan, uh, something spoon. I'm not uh, a Vegas person either, so I can't answer these questions. Yeah, it. Oh, I'm sorry if I if, if he's listening or she. I, I'm not entirely sure, but it's uh, thirty six dollars for all you can eat uh, breakfast and lunch, become like a brunch buffet. And it was really good. Um, there was jalapeno cheddar grits, were the best grits I've ever I had. Love, by, I love grits. I know it's it's one of those love them or hate them foods, but I I love grits. Well, my you know my wife and I both said you know, we're not really grits fans or we never had good grits and we had those I'm like oh those are good yeah oh yeah and you know they had everything there i mean i mean you could sit there and, and they also had all you can drink um mojitos and that was like another 17 dollars, but we didn't do that <laughs> but we, we there's a table next to us and there's you know three guys passed out on the benches and you know i'm sure they had a rough night the night before what time of the morning was this Nine o'clock. Yeah, you know, I got to sleep in. I think you know what I mean by sleeping in till you know eight. <laughs> yeah, know. considering I'm like yourself with small children, we don't sleep much at all. Yeah, I, I told everyone that my goal in Vegas was to sleep in and to take a nap every day, and we did that. So that's how you do in Vegas that, when you get old. Oh, I know, right? So, but it was great. It was quiet, but then when you get out of your room, it's just chaos. You know. I mean, it's it's for a lot of people. I could see why people like it, but it's just not really for me. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, no, no, no slam on Vegas at all. I have a lot of friends who go. They have a great time. Um, I've been there once. Uh, you know, I, it, it was good. It was fine. It's just you know not my thing. You know, but I'm also not a city person. Um, I'm not a big gamer. Do you remember where you stayed? Oh God, I knew you were going to ask me that. I think it was like around 2013. Was it on the Strip? Yeah, 
I think it's across from where the new arena is. It's on the north end, I want to say. Well, I I went back in 2007. It's one of the newer hotels, I think. Well, I went back in 2007, and it looks nothing like it did back then. It's everything's new, everything. I mean, it's it's pretty nuts how much they've upgraded everything. It's a lot cleaner, I would say, than it was back then. Really. 2007, you'd have been college, just out. Yep, it was 21. So you were, so it was like a 21 trip, right? Yeah, which is really dumb. Because, the fact that you even remember it. <laughs> well, you don't have any money, and you know what? I don't know why you go to Vegas if you don't have any money. I mean, you're a college student, and I remember like eight guys to, to a room. This, what? Eight guys to a room. Yeah, well, it was actually a friend of mine's dad paid for the room. Oh, nice. And so but that was there's like easier. eight of you in there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, <laughs> Free room. We'll still those are always as many fun, guys. As we can. Yeah, that's what you do in college. Oh yeah, you always stay in the nicest or the, uh, I guess the conditions that are just acceptable enough, you know, to get through it. At least that's how it was for my housing in college. You know, that's that's yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. So, anyway, we we've talked enough about your trip, I think, and uh, I don't know how much more you're going to tell, but. We have a little bit of Husker Hoops news. Today, Tuesday, July 1st, when this is recorded, the University of Nebraska announced that there will be a opening night with the Husker Hoops event this September. It'll be September 27th, which is a Friday, and it'll be a night where there will be a scrimmage. Uh, everybody will be invited. There'll be a musical act. There'll be fan contests, giveaways, uh, you'll be able to meet all the new Husker Husker uh, men's basketball players, which, let's be honest, outside of two of them, we don't know any of them. So it should be a good event. But, uh, you know, I kind of can't get a walk away with this without thinking that opening night with Husker Hoops as an official title is kind of weak. I, I hope to God they change it by the time this comes around. Well, I mean, I, I, you're right. I Like, come on, think of something, you know, Hoiberg hoops. I don't know. I don't get paid to do this, but you know, I think that the people who do could probably do a little bit better than yeah, opening night with Husker hoops. Because I assume they're, they're they wanted to make it a tradition, so they probably want to do this every year. You know, so you know, I guess you know maybe by the next podcast I'll have a better name. But you know, like you said, they could do a lot better than that. Hoiberg hysteria. That's already better, and it's still terrible. It's yes, and that's that's okay. But as long as you're getting better, it's just like when we were Slowly. finding out that we're trying to figure out the names of our podcast. Exactly. We, only di- we had only to start was, the bottom of the barrel. Exactly. You know? Yeah, we did. And the only difference and with this gotta, is that I've got a feeling they were probably sitting around Friday saying, "God, it's summer. We should do some work." Hey, let's start an event. Hey, we just got it approved somehow. Hey, we need a name. Hey, we're gonna have musical acts. Do we have any? No. Who do you think they're gonna get? Oh man! Uh, now, who do I think they should get compared to who? Who do I think they're going to get? And a question I have is: How long is this thing going to last? Because the live scrimmage—you know, look at what's that going to take—a half an hour. You know, then you got fan contests, giveaways. I guess you could do that between timeouts or something. But a musical act: Who's going to come? And what? What's a set going to be? Twenty minutes? Half? I mean. I don't know. 
Uh, who is, I think is, is going to be there? Is that cover band from Lincoln Lemon Fresh Day still around? You know what? If it is, I wouldn't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, oh, who would you like to see? Who would I like to see? It's kind of the same position. Who would I like to see? I think it would be great if, first off, this is, I would want to see just a little bit of the new Husker Who players. What I would want to see is a three-on-three of the coaches and the athletic department officials. I want to see Scott Frost out there. I want to see Fred Hoiberg out there. I want to see Matt Davison out there. Who else could we get? There's three. We can get three more coaches. Let's get Williams out uh, there. Verduzco, she would I bet own, she would own that court. That court. Who? Williams. Oh yeah, Amy Williams. Yeah, she yep. would own that court. The, Who? The best team would probably be. Yeah, well, obviously Hoiberg, Williams, Matt Davidson did play in college. He did. He uh, did. I think he played just for a year though. But yeah. he was good. Yeah. He's a good ball, and he's still in good shape, man. Yeah, I think that'd be shape. the best three. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It'd be those three, and then you know Frost can pick you know whoever. Who else? We need we need two more for a three on three with coaches. Um, I'm sure what some one of the other uh, women's coaches that probably could play as well. Um, I'm not I'm not really going to pick Doc, Doc Sadler and put him out there. I, I know it's just a you know he's great and all that, but I don't know if he's going to be able to. He can you know, be coach of Wadeberg's team. Yeah, he could coach. How about that? Um, <laughs> That's a lot of. How about Mark Manning? I bet he's in shape. Yeah, let's go with Mark. Let's go with Mark. How about one more? Should we throw Bolt out there for the hell of it? Yes. He needs to be introduced at some point. Reintroduced. Oh, and he's got to wear the hat. The, yes. Uh, the the uh, the flat brim hat. Baseball hat that. Yeah, well, what would you call it? The flat-brimmed like it, coach's batting helmet. Yeah. He looks, does, do, you, do you think that looks silly? <laughs> I think that looks silly. It's old school, man. They used to do those back in the day. Uh, do you know the answer to this question? Why do managers, I guess, or I guess in college are called coaches, why do they dress like the players? Baseball? Yes. I, I'm guessing probably it goes back in the day because I know back in the day you'd have like player coaches. Yes. Like way back, you know, so a, a, a player would be, you know, old enough to where it's like, you know, I can play, but I can't play a lot. I can play, you know, I can, pit, you know, hit, and that's kind of it, and run. You know, like Babe Ruth used to do that. You know, I just, I just remember watching the movie Babe Ruth, and, you know, at the end, John Goodman, that's kind of the position he was in. So I'm guessing it just kind of, like a lot of things in baseball, it just never died. That's my well, guess. Should. I could be wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I guess I don't know what else they would wear, and maybe you were just so used to it. But I've always wondered why would you know why would they, they out there in like a polo and khakis? Yeah, or even better, like a three piece suit. How about that? You know, it's raining. Suit, you or... know what? Three piece suit works for basketball because it's a clean court. Three piece suit used to work in football and could kind of still, depending. You know, some coaches still do it because it's you know your grass. You're dealing with grass or artificial turf, but baseball that's a lot of dirt and dust. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can get away with a suit in baseball. I just think it looks silly. But Oh, it totally uh, and I love baseball. I, 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 I'm 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 picturing like Erstad walking around in a, you know, polo and khakis going, dude, that makes no sense in a baseball <laughs> dugout. <laughs> okay, well, how how to how about a hoodie and a baseball hat and uh what fro- was frost wear? Like at the Michigan State game I'm trying to he think was like it was a really third cold. Zip. Yeah. Or a stylish hoodie. I think that's what they should go to. 
I mean, are they, are they going to sit there like, okay, we've run out of players. It's our turn now, guys. You know, we're in the 20th <laughs> inning of a baseball game. We're ready. You know, is that what – it's just, just in case. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Anyways, I guess yeah. that's No, that's a good point. I never it. thought of it that way. I never yeah. thought of it that way. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I just – and now in my head, I cannot picture baseball coaches doing anything but that. Yeah, like yeah, and like every every clothing, look, every clothing probably, option I can think of just makes zero sense. Though there is no logic to wearing a baseball uniform. Yeah, it's just ingrained in our brains. <laughs> anyways, anyways, I I actually want to go to this. Uh, it would be fun. Fan, yeah, so and what I'd like bands, them to tell bands, me along. You, you wanted you wanted Third Eye Blind, right? Hey, I just I watched Yes Man the movie. Uh, last week, I think it, I might have been actually we were in Vegas when my wife was showering, and there's a scene where Jim Carrey's uh, singing a uh, uh, song about not not jumping off the ledge, my friend or whatever. And that's Sir I Blind, right? God, I can't remember. You, I didn't like the band back in the day. Well, I, and so I, I, I it reminded me of in school. I don't know if it was elementary whatever grade it was that we could always listen to the first song that came out by third eye blind, but we couldn't listen to that song about not jumping from the ledge. My friend, uh, oh, it's jumper. That's the name of the song, I think. And it said, Oh, it's cause about suicide. And if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's telling them not to jump, you know? So it's like, isn't that, you know, anyways, your superiors I, are probably just playing it safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so back to or the they bands, realize it was a bad song, but we won't get into that. Hey, uh, I'm not gonna be too defensive about <laughs> Third Eye Blind. I would, yeah, you uh, can like Third Eye Blind, but I would know if I don't know if you'd really want to defend them. Yeah. Okay. So now these aren't bands that I would pay to go see, but I, you know, I'd maybe find it somewhat hilarious if I sat there and it was at a Husker Hoops night and they came out and started playing. So. Uh, first one I got is Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, that actually wouldn't be too bad. They're a sporty but, band. Uh, yeah, yeah. They'd be I, on, they, here, here, they here would go through their five hits, and then somebody would start yelling Wagon Wheel, and then it'd have to go, you know. Darius Rucker, well, yeah, Darius Rucker singer, would have to go into it. Country singer now or something. Yeah, yeah, and he redid Old Crow and Medicine Show's uh, Wagon Wheel, and it's like a huge hit, though I can honestly say I've not heard it, I don't think. Yeah, I I I, I I like Old Crow and I have their you know the album with that on it, but I just I by the time I found out Darius was a country singer and had redid that song, I was beyond caring. So, hey, good for him, you know. Yeah, no, country's where good. where it's at, I guess. I'm not a country guy, you know. I like some old school country, but you know, um, I guess he it's a way does to make a good money. job. Honestly, I never I never yeah. mind his voice. I thought he was a good singer. Okay, so number two. What do you think about this? Limp Biscuit. You know, they're still Remember touring. No they're way. still doing their thing. <laughs> how, how Think of them playing uh, break stuff uh, in front of uh, <laughs> in front of all the fans, you know. Um, do you know that song? Yeah, I know it. Yeah, okay, because that's <laughs> the one where 
supposedly they're at one of those huge festivals and they started playing the song and people literally started breaking stuff. Woodstock, 1999. They started breaking stuff. They started doing bad things in the crowd. I think a couple girls got assaulted. It was a very <sighs> bad situation. It was the exact opposite <laughs> of the original Woodstock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, well, the, the bands were a little different. Um. <laughs> yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, there's a lot of anger in hard rock. And uh, I mean, not that there isn't now, but there was some unchecked aggression that I think's been checked since. Or at least uh, should be. Yeah, how about, okay, here's one. Uh, I looked up some uh, um, one hit wonders. How about Lou Bega, Mamba Number no. 5? How about that? That'd be kind of. So he'd go out and do one song and we'd be done. <laughs> that, that'd be perfect. You know what? Come out, play one song, get out of there, let's play basketball. I'd be game for that. You know, or or he'd play not, the timeouts. He just he just play the timeouts. Oh, there you go. You I know? mean, you know, it, it'd be, totally it basically be, think of like you know how how the pet band plays timeouts. Just have Lou and his band play songs for timeouts for like so you only get them for like thirty seconds, what two minutes at a time. Hey, the less the the less the better. I doubt it. I doubt I'm going to be enjoying whoever they bring. Um, no, I, have the I doubt Verve. any of us will. Yeah, <laughs> two others. I have the Verve Pipe. You know, like they have the the Freshman that song, which is another very depressing that song. That is a really depressing song, man. Wow, <laughs> I haven't thought about that one in a long time. Uh, and then Chumbawamba, of course. Uh, and I you sent that to you. Down. Earlier. That's hey, dude. That that's uh, that's a song of Nebraska ball, man. Yeah, I get knocked down. I get up again. You know. That's not, you're right. Yeah. So that, that that's probably my list from the British anarchist collective Chumbawamba. I really thought they were going to do more, and they probably have, just not here in America. Oh, that song was huge, though. Oh, it's gigantic. Again, mid late '90s, interesting time for pop music. <laughs> so I'm thinking we're probably not going to get. Oh, I don't know who's Shakira or something. You know, something. Who Miley could Cyrus we get? is not going to be out there. Yeah. Well, so do you have any bands you you would like to see? Oh yeah, there'd be a bunch of bands I'd like to see, but nobody would ever get them, and nor would anybody stay around to listen to them. Well, that's <laughs> the funny part. The one, the one that would make the most sense to me would probably be Three Eleven for the Nebraska connection. Ah, not bad. Yes, that's yeah. actually not too bad. No, that's except for I don't know how many people are going to know, you know, Three Eleven that aren't kind of our age. True. Yeah. They've got a good following, actually. They've kind of turned into a pseudo jam band, actually. I've never really gotten into them. I mean, I like some of their music. The Down, I think, was that mm-hmm. one of their singles, and a couple other songs I like. But uh, even when they've had some free shows in the area, I've never gone. But they're good live. You know, that, they're they're. That's they're I, the I would recommend. They're good live. I've I've heard them quite a few times. I'm a fan from way back, and uh, yeah, no, they've kind of turned into kind of a a cult following, to be honest with you. They never really died off. They kept putting out albums, and uh, they've got a pretty dedicated fan base, and I think they make pretty well off of it. So, But no, th- they would be good. Another cool one, just to see him come back and play, because I haven't heard him do anything in a long time, and he's a Lincoln native, and that would be Matthew Sweet. Never Look heard up of him. the song Girlfriend. That was probably his biggest hit. He's kind of a power pop guy, late '80s, early '90s indie. He, uh, I think, graduated high school, went to Athens, Georgia, jumped on on that that indie rock scene back in the day. 
And um, now he's originally from Lincoln. I don't know where he is now. Again, I haven't heard from him in a while, but uh, he'd be a good one to have. Then I think he'd have a pretty good showing of people who'd come to listen to him. I'll have to listen to him. Yeah, I brought it on YouTube, so <laughs> maybe a little later. Yeah, yeah, check it out later. Maybe um, if we get the music rights, we'll we'll end the show on it. Mm-hmm. What you do oh. is when we do the uh, the coronation page on this, we'll just embed the player. So if you want to listen to Matthew Sweet's girlfriend, go back to the article that brought you to this podcast. Yep, and people are, you know, maybe people will download the podcast because they're going to wonder, why is that song on that on the article? <laughs> I got to know. Oh, that'd work. That'd work. So, yeah, that's kind of it for basketball right now, man. I mean, we had a good two months leading up to this where there was a lot of news, a lot of transfers, a lot of recruiting, a lot of changes within the program. But, uh, yeah, we've got nothing until Italy in August, man. I know, and I heard they might stream them, the games. And They I... should. They did it when they went, oh, God. They went somewhere in Europe about five years ago, and they streamed it online. I remember watching it. I think Facebook or something like that. It was terrible feed, and it was like, you know, really small high school gyms, but... It'd be cool if they could stream it. Yeah, and maybe they could record it, put it on YouTube so I can watch it. <laughs> so any of us, we have an I don't idea of what our players are going to do this year. Yeah, I just want to see it. And that's why I kind of want to go to that, you know, the, the Husker night, whatever it's called, opening night with Husker Hoops. Just to uh, see what's going on. That is an awful name. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> you know, I bet all they're going to do is just say, all right, just throw it up, guys, you know. Don't you know, I still want to see other. them play. Yeah, don't do hurt not each other. undercut anybody. You know, that's just like uh, the past couple of years we had. You know, around state tournament time, we have kids. Um, you know, we you're because you're so far in the season, you're right in front of the state tournament, and it's like whenever our best players go up for a layup, we're like, don't undercut them. Don't you know? Don't foul them. Just get out of the way. You know, and then we always have the one kid that um, you know undercuts somebody and. You know, a kid that's an all-stater, and then coach says, "Get out of here! <laughs> you just about took out our all-stater." You know, <laughs> even though we're, you know, we're telling yeah, you them not to. You want to piss the coach off quick? Oh man! Exactly. He was pissed. Exactly. It's pretty. It's pretty entertaining. He looked at me. The player did. It's like, coach, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I know, I know. You're doing exactly what we told you to do, just not before the state tournament. Just don't. Not now. You know? Not now. So. To finish some of these podcasts, we've come up with some top five topics to talk about. And we'd like to know everybody else's views on these, too. So on the coronation plays, please put your thoughts. And tonight, our topic is going to be top five people you want to have dinner with. Nate, you're the one who thought this one up, right? Yeah, and I want to do non-sports people. Non-sports uh, people. Is, is yours list non-sports I only have one sports person, and even and, and he honestly probably technically shouldn't be on there, and I'll explain why. Okay. So, um, wait, wait, yeah. so that's what our, our we got top five people we want to have dinner with, non sports related. Why don't you start us off, sir? Okay. Um, so I have a pretty long list, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it down to five. I'll start. Uh, number one, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, I I think he's pretty hilarious. 
Uh, I love stand up. I love going to it, you know. And he, you know, he seems like a, you know, he's a guy with a bunch of kids and he enjoys food uh, and he's probably hilarious in person. And so that's why I thought, you know, that's a pretty good one. Um, he'd probably be fun to eat dinner with. And I just want to ask him questions about, I don't know, like one of his more popular jokes is, you know, when pe- people ask me, what does it feel like to uh, have five kids? And he said, um, well, you feel like you're drowning with four and they hand you another one, you know. Uh, so that's, you know. He kind of relate a lot. I only have, I only got three kids, so you know, he go. probably said, "Hey, stop, stop complaining." You know, maybe you, get you some got free it ha- easy. Get or, some free hot pockets out of him. Yeah, uh, I was actually listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast this past week, and he was interviewing uh, another comedian. Oh, oh, um, Jesselnik, Anthony Jesselnik, and they're saying how Gaffigan literally has to do the hot pockets bit every time he has like he has gone off the stage done his whole act and then people are sitting there waiting and he, he literally <laughs> will walk back on do the hot pockets thing and say all right have a good night you know and it's like people are waiting for that that's all anybody you know? wants i i don't need to hear it you know he's and i i you know whatever so that's my first one what's your first one my first one and this this would be a very long dinner because I've been to his spoken word um, outings multiple times. And that would be former Black Flag vocalist and former, you know, just his own band frontman, uh, Henry Rollins. And he's a long time, long, long time, I don't know how to put it, warrior, I don't know. He's he's a, he's a bit of a social justice warrior. Very smart, very well read, very accomplished. He's an actor. He not only did music, he does uh, a lot of stuff for the troops. He does USO tours constantly. He does a lot for the LA and DC uh, music scenes. Has historically still does now. Uh, very inspirational. He's uh, if you ever read his books, his early stuff is very intense. He was one of those guys with a lot of. A lot of emotions, a lot of anger early on, and he's controlled it as time has gone on. Um, doesn't, you know, he he walks, he doesn't really walk a fine line. He either likes something or does not like something, and he'll explain it, and more importantly, he will listen to whoever is opposing him fully and have full conversations. He will not go off the deep end. If he does, he doesn't show it, um, though you could probably imagine him doing so just by his, his attitude and temperament. But uh, he he would be one that I would most definitely want to have at least dinner with, for sure. I I googled him. I recognize him. I'm not entirely sure where I recognize he's, him from. He's been in some movies. I'm trying to think where you would recognize him from. It's, it's more bit parts and stuff like that. Um, most recent movie I think I saw with him in it that he led was He Never Died. I think that's on Netflix right now. Uh, remember, do you remember the movie Johnny Mnemonic from the 90s? No, I don't. Keanu Reeves, he had a character. I think that was one of his first ones that came out. Yeah, Heat. He was in Heat. He was in Heat, yeah, yeah, and it was hilarious. It was it was, it was, was so bad. Heat's a good movie, but it, this mo- scene was so bad because Rollin, Rollins lifts, and that's another thing I like about him. Is that he, he lifts, he's very fit, he keeps in shape, and there's a scene, and back in the 90s he was really fit, really ripped. 
watch the Liar music video from Rollins Band, and uh, you'll see how ripped he is. And there's a scene where Al Pacino's character beats him up. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll move on. I'll stay with the comedian bit. And I, this guy might be number one on my list. Uh, Bill Burr. I think he's by far the funniest comedian out there. Um, he doesn't give a crap. That's what I like about him. I, I went and saw him in Omaha, and they were um, jokes that I, I probably should have found found offensive. Um, and there, were, <laughs> I was there with my wife and another couple, and there were some jokes he had about women that oh, you could feel the tension, you know, <laughs> in the room. That's and Bill I just Burr. think it's yep, and I think it's so funny, and he. He knows it when when the room just all of a sudden gets really uncomfortable, and he kind of just, you know, slows down and kind of looks out and like, what, you know, like like really, you know, and uh, he there are some people who uh, started heckling him, and um, he gave it right back to him, and it was great. Uh, I just think he'd be hilarious to talk to. He could probably talk to you about anything, and he likes sports, and so that's probably my second one. Nice. My second, my second would probably be Grover Norquist. He uh, is yeah. founder of America. Okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to get political, people. Okay, I'm not. I'm really not. He is the founder of Americans for Tax Reform. He's a. Uh, let's just say he's knowledgeable on taxes, and he's got a history of it. He's been around for quite some time. He's established himself very well. Uh, not just within D.C., but also across the nation in terms of some of his tax policies, whether you agree with them or not. And, no, I would I would like to sit down and just pick his brain. I've met him a couple times, um, but I've never really had a sit-down, big conversation with him. And, you know, it would be one of those dinners where it would probably go past midnight because we'd probably be talking for so long. Or, more importantly, I'd be asking questions and he would be talking. So. Well, there you go. Politics. Perfect. So I'll go in the other. <laughs> I look at it from more of an, more economics. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I guess if you're going to politics, I'll go the other um, side. Uh, Chris Stefanik. Um, so I'm Catholic and he's Catholic. And the thing I would, I would say about like Christian media is that a lot of it's really, really bad. And a lot of it's pandering, and a lot of it, it's just not done very well. Well, I stumbled upon a show of his. It's called Real Life Catholic, and I just started watching him. Like, wow, something that's actually really done really well. Huh, and I'll so I've kind of got out. you know followed him a little bit. Yeah, it's like I'm like, why don't people do this more often? Like, actually, you know. Anyways, but uh, he uh, just seems like a guy that you know. That I would get along with uh, well with really, you know, I would get along with very well, and uh, so I, I think he'd be someone to look up to. So that was my third, yeah, yeah, third, nice, yeah. I'm not familiar with him. Definitely look him up. My number three is probably just kind of. Uh, I may not say this, you know, a few years from now, something might else come up, spark my interest, but I. I'm a musician. Uh, one of the instrument, instruments I play is guitar, and I've kind of become a guitar pedal fiend over the last few years. And there's a uh, a guitar pedal company 
out of out of Missouri, Kansas City area, uh, called JHS Pedals, and their founder is Joshua Heath Scott, and he has his own YouTube channel. Uh, they do uh, not only does he have you know his, his pedal empire, which this boutique pedal company is basically turned into kind of an empire. Um, just for the influence they have, not just the type of pedals they make. But he does a, a weekly YouTube um, video that basically it's like 15, 20, maybe, maybe 30 minutes max. And they kind of go through different areas of pedals, guitars, different types of pedals and stuff like that. And he does a really, really good job. He's very personable. I think he'd be just be a great guy to sit down and talk to. He just He seems like a really great guy. And so he would definitely be my number three. Wow, I must know his pedals. Yeah, he really. uh, This guy, he like he has every pedal ever made almost, and and if he doesn't have one, he has eight of them. Like he, he 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 is a collector. He is a collector. That's a niche. Like if you get you know the people who are going to be interested in you are going to be really interested in you. you Yeah, I'm. That's me. Yeah. Uh, Number four. Uh, I'll go with Neil Gaiman. He's uh, an oh, a lot of people have probably heard of him. He's that's an a good dude. That's a good one. Uh, he's he'd probably be my number two. And I could just you know I could also do just okay. So um, I paid for a subscription for Masterclass, and where you can take all these classes from these so-called experts. And I took uh, multiple ones on writing and cooking and stuff. Well, he did one on writing. And he literally, I mean, throughout the, the whole class, I've, you know, it's just a recording. You know, it's just a video recording. I, li- I literally felt like he cared about what I would do with writing, you know, or that, that he wanted me to write something well or he wanted me to enjoy it. You know, and I know he doesn't, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know me. You know, there's probably millions of people who watch it, you know, but he just, he comes across that way. And a lot of it is his voice. And if you've never heard him, you should just watch a, an interview. And you could, he, I could just listen to him all day. He's just a good and, orator. Uh, he, he, I think he a lot of it also well. is... What? He, he's a good orator. He speaks yes. well. Yes. He's very, very creative. Um, I just read a book called The Graveyard Book. It's about a... Um, I mean, it's pretty much a circular. goes into a house... Kills an entire family except for a toddler who somehow gets out of the crib and gets out of the door and goes up into a graveyard in the graveyard. The ghost of the graveyard raised the kid. You know, that's just like who thinks of that? You know, and it ended up being really good. You know, but that that'd be number uh, four. That's a good one. That's a really really good one. My number four would probably right now be Sean Brock. The chef, uh, he specializes in southern cuisine. He created uh, McCready's and Husk down in Charleston, South Carolina. I think he's done with both of them. He's now in Nashville. He's been there for a few years and starting a new restaurant, I think, in the next year or so there, focusing on Appalachian cuisine. He's He's been around a while. He's, he's a James Beard Award winner, uh, I think at least once, if not twice. He's uh, roughly my age, I think, our age, uh, late, early, uh, late 30s, early 40s. Um, he's also a musician, guitarist, so he's, uh, you know, he's got a pretty good collection of, of, of guitars, amps, and pedals, and stuff like that, so it's always fun to see him and watch him go through. 
Uh, there's been a few. I want to see. I, th- I think it's a Netflix show. I should have looked this up. Mind of a Chef. One of those ones where they interview him and he goes through his whole life story and everything. And he he's got an interesting, interesting uh, uh, story within his career, like how he started, where he started in Charleston, South Carolina, um, growing up in in West Virginia, um, all the struggles he had as a chef. Um, not just, you know, job wise, but also, um, mentally, physically, you know, he's, he's been through quite a bit. I won't go into detail of it, but, uh, he's got a, he's got a really good story. Um, another one who, you know, he seems like he, he would be a good guy to sit down to and talk, pick his brain and whatnot. And, uh, that and I love to cook too. So, um, just kind of two things into one and why I picked him. Oh, I, I, one of my, I guess I have a long list and I have, yeah, I had Michael Simon, who's also a chef. And I think chefs are just really interesting people. So um, They live but my fascinating fit- lives. The more, I, the more I read about them, the more uh, I read from them. Uh, being a chef is just an entirely different world. Yeah, and they you got to be a special kind of person, I think, to make it a career. You know, people can start out being a chef, but, I mean, those are long, hard hours. I yeah, mean, you're correct. So... But, you know, a lot of them become celebrities now, which is, you know, that's great for them. That's an entirely different world, yeah. Um, so I, I have my fifth um, between, okay. Oh, who is between? It's going to be Elon Musk. Um, I would just love to, you know, he, I mean, he, he, he believes in the, um, the word in a uh, simulation. And I just love that. <laughs> I love people that think about stuff like that. You know, I just would love but anyways. Uh, but I'm going to go with Claire North. She is a, an author, um, wrote one of my favorite books, I, you know, of all time for me. Um, the uh, First 14 Lives of Harry August. I believe that's the name of it. Even though I know it's, you know, I call it my favorite books. Now I can't remember the name of it. But um, pretty much it's a book about a man who dies and when he then he's born again as a you know a baby but can remember everything and so you know he advances through his life through his many lives and there's another and there's a bad guy that's doing the same thing and you're pretty much just trying to, the bad guy wants to essentially destroy the world and this guy's trying to stop him so uh ended up being really good i you know she has other books that are really interesting and um i i kind of like chefs i think authors are very you know, if you can get them to talk, you know, are very interesting. So those were probably my five. Nice. I think, okay, so I know we talked about non-sports-related top five, and I didn't know we, that was set in stone, so I picked a sports one for my number five. But, and I'll explain this, he's not so much a dinner as a weekend uh, guest, and that would be Mike Leach. Because you basically I think just you're sit allowed. there... You just sit there and you just let him talk. You wouldn't even need to ask questions. Just let him talk, whatever the hell he wants to talk about. It'll be fascinating. It'll be interesting. It has to be more than just a dinner because you'll want more, but it can't be more than a weekend. So basically, you know, I would, you know, spend a weekend with Mike Leach, go fishing, go hunting, do whatever, go look at parakeets, whatever he wants to do. Just like follow him around, listen to him. But you can't do more than a weekend because I've got a feeling after that weekend, you need like the week off to decompress. It'll just be like like you, you you will hit maximum leech, and you just need to go away for a while. 
That makes sense. Uh, you know, no, I, I, I agree. He'd probably be on my list for sports as well. But I think, you know, he's so interesting as well. Uh, a lot of the local um, radio guys around here, they'd always say they were always looking forward to the time Big Twelve Media Days because um, Mike Leach is going to be there. And that was before so he was big on 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 social media and stuff. Yeah, this is yeah, absolutely. He he would answer any question. And then, you know, Washington State kind of, you know, just totally embraced the fact that he's willing at a press conference to answer questions about the best ways to get Halloween candy um, and whether uh, how to pick a girlfriend and things like that. So he's, he's yeah, I, I think that's a great choice he, as he's well. He's a culture within himself. Yeah, he is his own thing. <laughs> Very smart. Suing the state of Texas, by the way. Deservingly so. Yeah, it might get the Supreme Court, and he might get. You know, I doubt he'll win. He's, but he's technically a lawyer. I don't know if he's he's uh he's licensed anymore, but he's technically a lawyer. At least he has, well, a, he has I, a law degree. Yeah, I, I think a lot of uh, attorneys, or I used to say, graduates of law school, they pass the bar, and then whether or not they actually practice i i i'm pretty sure they still probably just pay their their yearly dues and then probably go to their required classes every year and just to keep it you know or maybe yeah. they go on a you know kind of a um non-active basis but oh i promise you i bet he i bet he is very you know i bet he's still active but you know i i'd love to see uh Mike Leach versus State of Texas, or you know, <laughs> I would pay money to see that. It could be a movie someday. That'd be better than Washington versus Washington State in the snow. Well, that was really bad. That was I remember that. that was terrible. It was worth watching though. Yeah, it's entertaining to watch, but it's not good. This is not good football. No, no, it's not. So, but it was probably on at what ten thirty at night around here. I, so I, I stayed up to watch that end of that game. Is that the Apple Bowl or the Apple? Apple Cup. Cup. Yeah. Um, more well, like more like uh applesauce cup that night. Anyway. <laughs> that's all we got for tonight, man. That's all we got yeah, for this podcast. Go. This is probably we're this is probably one of our longest podcasts we've done and we haven't even hit an hour. And it's the off season. Oh, we just wait about, till the season. And we talked about random crap. I'm looking forward to when we we, we need some news to break, you know. Good news, uh, not bad, because only bad news happens this time of year. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. We need, we need, how about, uh, you know, we get some five star recruit for the 20, 21 class or something, because I think we're all full, I guess, for 2020. But That'd be huge. That'd be huge. So that's it, man. Bye. Bye.